now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strangers to the game. Adjust the listening devices and keep it live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. 2233, I'm on 10 again, yeah. State your name. Hello, and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. I'm Ja, and that's Troy, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing voting on a national and local level and the importance of voting. Um, so to open it up, I wanted to ask you right off the bat, what would you say is the importance of voting on a national and local level? Uh, that's a good question. I think the importance, obviously, is selecting somebody that will represent your best interest. Um, on the national level, I don't know if with the Electoral College, and I don't want to go into depth with that, Although the Electoral College typically represents the people in that particular community or district or state, sometimes I question if that always happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you don't know uh, what the vote is. At least I couldn't tell you that for certain. But on the local level, I think there's more, uh, you have more influence and more control um, with the elected officials in which you vote for because you have direct access to them. Um, you can meet with them. You can go to the council meetings and to um, let your um, voice be heard so that you, you're you directly involved in what happens. And you can, for the most part, have a better way of holding them more accountable than at the national level. Um, for instance, also with the judges and the prosecutors that are coming in and, and, and on the ballot, you get a chance to see them. And I think that's where we kind of have dropped the ball over the years. And until recently, I just began to look at that. So who are the judges? Who are the prosecutors? Who are these people that are coming in that are going to be making decisions that are going to affect the lives of many people, in particular people that look like me? And um, those are the people you often look at and you don't even do any homework on them, no research, and they slide in the door they get elected and you know they locking folks up or letting people out or some of i wouldn't say they're all unfair but um those are the things that i look at that we need to pay more attention to as well as the ballot measures understanding what's on the ballot measures what they mean because they can often be confusion um read it have study groups so that you understand exactly what's being um you know uh, represented and what's being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, given to you so that you can make a decision on. So informed decisions is what we need to start doing. I know there's a lot of information, a lot of people saying vote, 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 vote. But I think we need to be informed as voters um, because sometimes if you're not informed, you may be voting against your own best interests. So, um, so that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. I think a lot of times you look at the ballot or people look at the ballot and where that comes around every four years and they say at the top of that ballot is the president. And a lot of times that's the main focus and the rest of the ballot just kind of gets not ignored, but they don't put as much energy and effort into that. And I think when you really look at your life and you say, well, what's really affecting my life, the national, you know, the presidential election is, is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, what's going around, going on around you in your literal geographical sense is like, you know, they're building something across the street for me. Do I want that there? Uh, you know, the, the local taxes are getting higher. Is that, do I want that? Is that something that's good? What are they doing with that tax money? Are our streets being fixed? 
And those are things that are affecting you on a daily basis and we don't pay attention to it because like you said, I think we just have our eyes on you know, the, the bigger picture. But I think that's the stuff that we really need to start paying attention to, like you said, because it, it, it really affects us every day um, of our lives. So that's- I think I think the younger generation and just in general, people are becoming more aware of that. I think also there's a lot of people who have been turned off by the process because yeah. they you know often don't think it's fair. Sometimes I question it. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I vote. I always vote, but sometimes I really question really does this is this really gonna matter? <laughs> you know what I mean? I vote just in case, but I also vote because of the sacrifices that many made for us to have this opportunity to vote. But I do often question, you know, whether that it really makes a difference, particularly at the national level. And we'll get into the historical significance of voting and obviously everything that goes on with that, especially within the black community and communities of color. But one thing that's interesting is that as I sit here and think about it, I was an intern for the senator, the 28th district down in where we live in Indio, California. And it's funny because I'm realizing as I'm sitting here realizing they actually listen. There's just not a lot of people that think that they do. And so nobody makes an attempt to speak to them, especially mm -hmm. communities of color once again. So we actually had a, co a constituent, constituent database that we basically collate and we, we had people's responses to, hey, how do you want your senator to vote on this issue and this issue and this issue and everybody, you know, they'd be responses that would come in and we'd literally tally it up and say, hey, and we take that data back to the senator and say, hey, 67% of the people want you to vote for this, you know, 45% of people are against this, yada, 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 so on and so forth. And that stuff actually, he took it into consideration. But I don't think a lot of people understand that that is there for them to use. And, and that's a big deal because those are the things we were voting on that were, like I said, affecting us on the daily. Um, so that I think is something that people really need to pay attention to is your senators, um, your local assemblymen, and, and those people that are really affecting your life on a daily basis. That's true. Good point. So I wanted, I wanted to get into this last national election. And in particular, I guess the, the overall the overall feeling I got from a lot of people was we don't love either choice, <laughs> but you got to I mean, but you feel like you have to pick. And, and this is a term that people use as lesser of two evils. And so just give me your thoughts on that idea of choosing the lesser two evils, especially in the national in this last national election and, and what you thought about that as you were casting your ballot. <laughs> yeah, I mean. As a saying, so you choose the lesser of two evils, but you choose an evil still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also understand it too on the other side that there are some long lasting impacts that presidents are gonna make. Like for instance, choosing Supreme Court judges, choosing federal judges, these are lifetime positions. This is the law of the land when you talk about the Supreme Court. And so you wanna make sure that you have people that are, um, on that Supreme Court uh, justice that would serve and, and protect your interests. And so that means the importance to me, probably, that's probably as significant as anything if those positions are available and that president that's coming in is gonna have the opportunity to appoint you know, judges um, in these positions. So that's extre extremely important as well as someone who understands how to 
understand the overall sentiment of the the, the, the country and yeah. to push the country in the right direction, whether we all agree on everything that this particular president um, is pushing or not, but being able to rally the communities, the states, the nation, that we're on the same page and objectives. We may have different ways of getting there, but at least have more of a, a, a cohesive process and a collective process to where we work more together. To me, what I've seen over the last probably 10, 10 years or more is that it, it's been very divisive and you know Republicans have become so far to the right, uh, Democrats have become so far to the left and very few people seem to be able to sit down and meet and compromise and do what's in the best interest of the country. And so, you know, most people on either side have dug their heels in and said, you know, I'm ride or die with this. This is my troops. This is how we're going. We're going to win or we're going to lose, but we're doing no compromises. And I think that has made, you know, the country very divisive. And um, those are the, some of the things that we need to change. And I think people in your demographic group are starting to look at it and say, you know what? I don't know if I want to be Democrat or Republican because neither one of y'all realistically are speaking to my needs um, when it comes to what I want and what I desire and think that's in my in, in my best interest. Yeah, and that's one thing I wanted to get into too is this, the two-party system. And that obviously we can, we can vote for anybody we want. Um, there are other parties out there. Uh, but the two the two main parties that we have in this country and that are you know I'm, I guess most prominent are Democrats and Republicans, and I don't identify as either. I don't identify as a Republican or a Democrat. I you're independent as well, correct? Yeah, I'm nonpartisan. I don't. I mean, whoever comes along that serves my best interest, and you know, I'm willing to look at them and cast my vote in that way. And that's and that's and that's where I feel like a lot of the country, like you said, my demographic is headed. So, at what point? is the, the two-party system that we have right now and the way it's going, at what point does it become extremely dated and really unnecessary to where now we don't vote on candidates based on whether they're red or blue, but as opposed to just, what are you talking about? What are you trying to push? Well, I, I don't see the parties necessarily leaving. I think they just kind of shape their, their narrative to try to include and encompass more people that there are hoping that will vote in their interest. But I don't necessarily at this point seeing those parties. It's just, they're too entrenched at this point. I'm hoping that, you know, we can do a better job of being more um, inclusive and not so divisive when it comes to the politics of this country. But I think it's just too entrenched in the money that goes into those two systems opposed to a third party system or something else is, is, is significant. And so could it happen possibly somewhere down the road? I just don't see it happening anytime soon. And I, and I could be wrong with that. And the reason I bring up the two-party system and, the, and I, the issues that I have with it is, like we say, lesser of two evils and these kind of realistically stuck between a rock and a hard place, these tough choices. And it's like, but that's not, that doesn't have to be the case. You know what I mean? We can, we can vote for whoever we want. We don't have to choose between, you know, a Democrat or, or Republican. And going back to last election, when I voted, I voted for, uh, I, I wrote a name in. 
And I, when I, you know, when I tell people that, they look at me and say, well, you wasted a vote. And I, I understand that to a degree because obviously, you know, if we have, at the end of the day, the, I knew the name, name I wrote in wasn't gonna win. Um, and you could say I was taking a vote away from either side or whatever side, you know, you feel I should have voted for. But I guess I wanna ask you, what is the point of having a vote if you can't actually believe in what you're voting for? Well, like I said, it really looks at, even though I don't like either, which one is going to cause the most harm or which one is going to minimize the amount of damage that um, may come, you know, with them being in office. And so it's a bitter pill to swallow because, you know, it's like, I don't like either choice, you know, but I guess it comes down to which choice is going to be worse for me. And, you know, and that's how I kind of look at it and looked at it. You know, you do it with a cringe and you kind of your stomach get this knotted. And it's like, you know, I really wasn't given a choice. I was given an illusion of a choice. <laughs> These are the people in which those who have the resources um, and the ability to promote and push these um, individuals, these are the choices that they gave us. But it wasn't really a choice that the American people would have made had they had more options and opportunities. And I guess that's why, that's part of the reason I do it is because I feel personally, and I, once again, this could be my youthful, you know, in, in what is it, arrogance? Not arrogance, I don't know what it is. But I could be wrong in this thinking, but if everyone thought like me and made the decision that they felt that they actually liked, not, not like we said, this illusion of choice between these two options, but hey, this is, a, you know, because we live in a social media area, era. People can get their information out if you're a candidate and you believe in yourself and you're not part of those two party systems and you don't have the funding that those provide, you know, you can still get your information out. And if everybody actually took the time to, you know, do some research, find some other candidates and everyone voted for someone that they actually felt was the correct choice, you know, our elections would look a lot different. And I don't know if you can think, say it would be more divisive, but at least I feel like a lot more people would feel comfortable with their choice. And realistically, I feel like that's, that's an important part of voting to me is being able to make a vote that you feel comfortable with. Yeah, what I would say in, in this instance, and I know it will probably be contrary to what a lot of people would think or, or state or believe, but I, I really believe as a black population as a whole, I think we should not be Democrat or Republican. I think we should really be like a super PAC. We don't have enough math. We don't, our population is not large enough to run a candidate but we do have enough influence to where we can determine who wins the election. And I think as a PAC, we should say, okay, here's our interests. Here's the things that we believe we need to have you address. How are you gonna address this? And then our vote as a PAC saying, we're gonna select or we're going to vote in favor of one candidate over the other because they're looking to address our issues in a way that we believe are going to be in our best interest. And to me, I think we can get a lot more impact and be a lot more effective in this political process because, you know, they got typically we're voting Democratic, you know, as a group, whether they going to give us anything or not, you know, that's how we vote. And I think in able to hold both parties accountable, if this is the system that we're functioning in, they step back and say, this is how we're going to vote based on how you respond to what we need. And I think we would have a lot more uh, uh, impact and we would probably, it would serve us a lot better.
that's just my thoughts. Um, I'm sure others who probably think a little different deny on that, though. <laughs> As I would imagine. But, okay, so I wanted to ask, because I think about this, too. In terms of, you know, a lot of states have become very habitual voters, right? Whereas you live in a blue state most of the time, or you live in even district by district. You know, you live in a blue district, nine times out of 10, that district's gonna keep voting blue. You live in a red district, that, 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 that district's gonna keep voting red. Living in the area that has become one of those habitual places, do you feel like your vote almost doesn't count because regardless of how you cast your ballot, you know, your district is gonna go one way or the other? I, it's hard to say that. And the reason why, when they ran the polls, when Trump ran in six, 2016, they had counted this dude out. It's like, ain't no way this dude ran yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of people, as you can see, who had a lot of support for that guy. They may not have said it, yeah. but it came out in the open because of, you know, way he was, um, um, you know, how people viewed him. But there was a lot of people who, you know, voted for him, as you can see. Yeah. And um, so I think, yeah, you have to cast that vote because you never know. Just because you see something on the surface don't mean that's always happening in every household and what everybody's thinking, you know, when they walk away. They may say something in public and they go away and do something different in private. So uh, I, I think you have to um, because you never know. Yeah, and I guess it just comes down to a risk-reward thing. It's like, hey, what are you risking when you go cast a ballot? It's, you know, a, an hour out of your time that really could mean something. It could mean nothing, but, you know, there's a big reward in doing it and the risk isn't very much. So right. I think it's, it's just go, it's just something to, to do because it could turn out to mean something. Yeah, and you just don't want to have that option taken away from you, even though you may have you know, feel some kind of way about it. I just don't want that option removed from me to say, hey, I can go in and, and, and cast my vote for something or someone that I feel is going to serve my interest. To have that removed, then I would, you know, I, I would feel some kind of way about that. That would be very upsetting and disappointing and telling you, you don't even get the illusion. We're just going to tell you what we're doing and you just go along with it. We don't give you any options. You don't have any discussion or say so about it. This is what we're doing. So, I think it's important that we vote. Um, I think there's a lot of improvements need to be made to the process and to the system, but you know, I think we still need to uh, um, participate in it on some level and hopefully that we can improve it to a point where it works more in our favor. So you touched on it a little bit earlier about the historical significance, especially within the black community of going out and voting. Give me a little more background and for you personally, as well as just like I said, for the black community, the, the significance behind, hey, I need to go cast this ballot for historical reasons. Well, like I said, there's many people who you know gave up their lives. They sacrificed their lives, their families, they marched, um, and they put a lot into being able to have their voices heard. And so I think for me, um, just being able to honor that and say, you know, that your your sacrifice is not in vain. And in the meantime, even though, like I said, I question certain things, I'll still participate in the process in hopes of finding ways to improve it to serve our best interests. 
so that you know we don't wake up one day and they say well hell you ain't voting anyway you don't need a, you don't need this option <laughs> we're going to take that option away from you too because you're not utilizing it so yeah. for me uh just to honor those who made those sacrifices and at the same time be a participant so that you know i can at least argue the point that hey i'm in the process we still need work on it we need ways to improve it but uh until then you know this is what it is yeah i think yeah i mean you, you obviously when you look at history especially like i said once again it's people of color and people uh, or black people we look at it and we say what went into getting us this voice um is so monumental that i can't i can't i can't look all of that in the face and say nah <laughs> i'm cool you know or like nah it's, i don't i don't feel like i need to carry it or keep it going or anything like that and like you said at the end of the day, if, if they looked at it and said, well, you're not even using your, you know, exercising your right, then we'll take it away. And all of the sacrifice went into it. And because you didn't want to go cast a ballot, they'd take it away. Then, you know, that's, that's not, that's not what we want at all. So for me, once again, I just, the importance of voting has a lot of, I guess, different aspects to it. Uh, like, like we talked about a local, a local level, like historical significance on a national level. Um, but I think the historical significance is probably the biggest one for me that gets me up to actually go cast the ballot. Because like you said, I'm very skeptical about, you know, the process and things like that. And sometimes it can be discouraging, but like, but I, I think that is a big part of it. So I want to leave that into with this upcoming election. I know we talked about the importance of voting locally, uh, but on a national level, what, I mean, like, okay. I guess what I'm trying to get at is time's running out, right? We The election is coming up and I personally don't like either choice. I don't know what you do. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about I'm, it. I, 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 could, I could use another option if they had me. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about, you talked about the idea of a black super PAC. You, you talked about the idea of, you know, all these different ideas that we can make voting work for us better. Is there anything we can do within the next, you know, how long we got to November, what, two months? to try to make this election work for us better than at least the last few have or past? Well, I think one of the things is if we collectively as a voice state, these are the issues and the concerns that we want you guys to consider and we want you to um, offer for our community as a black community, these are the five ideas or concepts that we want you to have a plan to address. You know, like we talk, you always heard me say, you know, education, housing, access to capital, wealth, the criminal justice reform and health and wellness and health care. Those things having a plan on how those five components are going to be addressed. Then, you know, I'm willing to, you know, look at both options because I don't really care for either one um, at this point. But if I can get some type of guarantees that <laughs> somebody's going to vote in our interest to serve these areas. I think um, I'm willing to take a look at both of them. And I know, I know a lot of people I take some flack for that, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we, we, our situation has not improved very much, you know, over the last 30, 40 years, to be quite honest with you. It, yeah. it, it hasn't improved. It may have, you know, digressed, but, um, I'm looking for new options and opportunities to improve our conditions and situation. 
So what's the vehicle to do that? I know social media, like I said, social media area, it is very easy to disseminate information mm -hmm. in the era and the age we live in. But what's the vehicle to try to, if you got, the, and, and mind you, if you have the answer to this, you could be a very rich man, but how do you organize almost, you know, you're trying to organize an entire race within this country to try to move accordingly. What's the vehicle well, for doing that? I know some of the celebrities are making efforts to do that. Ice Cube has his, uh, what is it, a covenant with America or something like that. Um, where there are some things that he said, hey, I need you guys to take a look at this. Yeah. These are some things that we need in our community. And, you know, we're not really, at least in his mind, I don't give a damn which one of y'all do it. <laughs> you know, if you both commit to it or one of you commit to it, then we really gonna take a serious look at you. So um, I think that's one way of doing it. And I think also talking with some of the elected officials. The challenge with some of the elected officials is that they've already made their decision on which side of the, of the fence they're on. And they're gonna vote that way for the most part, unless something, you know, way out of the ordinary happens, you know, their vote is probably pretty much sealed yeah. in who they're gonna vote for. And so um, I think it's just really organizing in the streets. And I think we have to start earlier and shaping that narrative. And I think that's the thing, you know, with reparations and all those uh, ideas and concepts that's been around for years and discussed, but it's recently gotten more traction. Um, whether or not that'll happen, you know, I don't know, but it, it is part of the conversation now. It was part of the conversation in the last election. And so help shaping the conversation, I think is important so that we can get those, uh, that we're looking to elect or vote for to to um, give us a concrete plan on how they're going to address those concerns and hold them accountable for that. And so that's my next question because, and maybe I don't understand it well enough. I know they're super PAC, like we talked about super PACs and you got the Democratic Party, Republican Party. How do we, if we get a guarantee from a candidate, right? We all organize, we, we say, hey, look, you got millions of people behind us. We're willing to commit and vote to you or vote for you if we get, you know, da 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 and, and is, is there's like a, do you get this in writing? How do we kind of make these assurances that when they get in office, this is going to happen? And how do we make sure that if they do, I mean, I guess, kind of go around us and not do what we ask for, that there's some consequences, I guess. I think really the only consequence is that next time they run, you know, we already know what you about. So uh, don't even come over here. So, um, from what I said, you know, there may be other ways somebody who's more astute in the political process than I am may be able to figure that out. But I think really, you know, calling them on it, you know, when they step in, okay, we're meeting to sit down on how this is going to be executed. What's yeah. our plan? And having those politicians um, to hold them accountable, to sit down and meet with them as best as they can to, you know, make sure that they follow through with what they had promised. Now, at the same time, you're having a president who makes these promises, but you have the Senate and the House or the Congress who ultimately are going to make those decisions because yeah. it has to go through them as well. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting dance. And, you know, you have to have not only the president on board, but you have to have those other elected officials willing to vote in that interest as well. So I want to I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and just for you to touch on this for because I know you have a lot of opinions on this. And I want you to give me 
both sides. What role do you think the media currently plays in the elections and, and how people vote and you know voting in general? And what role do you think they should play if it's not the same? Well, I think right now you have mainstream news um, outlets that have their view is shaped in one way or the other. You have the CNNs, you have the MSNBCs, you have the Fox and those channels, and they've pretty much drawn a line in the sand and say, this is what I'm about. This is who yeah. I'm representing. Pick a side. And, and their news is slanted toward the right or the left. And so when you watch that, you're getting not real uh, objective information. You're getting information that is a little slanted toward one uh, party or the other. And so that's a little discouraging because most people are not getting objective information. What they should be doing is providing objective information <laughs> yeah. so that people can make informed decisions, not based on someone's opinion or how they feel about, you know, the president or this particular party. But this is what it is. Here are the facts. This is good. This is not good. These are the pros and the cons. And you make your choice based on the information that you've been provided. Yeah. I saw a tweet that said it's called the news, not narratives. <laughs> And I think yeah. that's, that's the, and that's like you talked about. I mean, it's just, it's really discouraging and annoying that that's the way the, the role the media is playing right now. And I guess we like you, I've, I've heard you say it before. We need to hold the media accountable to where we can't allow this, this type of stuff to be happening. Um, because at the end of the day, who can we rely on if not the media? We know politicians are going to be slanted. That's obvious. But if anybody should be objective and, and really just give us the facts, it should be our media. And right now we're not getting that. Yeah, well, the media is, is run by large amounts of money and you have different entities that, you know, pay for advertising and they pay to, you know, to keep those media outlets running. And yeah. so obviously you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you, although it sucks, but, you know, you're going to try to appease those who are paying for you to be in existence. Yeah, and that's the, and the but, but what I'm hoping for, and I guess what gives me hope is like I talk, like we keep talking about this social media area era and the era we live in and how easy it is to disseminate information where it's like we may not at a certain point we can become so disgusted with those news outlets those bigger news outlets and say hey we don't necessarily need you guys you know I, to be honest I don't watch CNN I get a lot of my news from Twitter and maybe that's terrible maybe that's not a good yeah. thing <laughs> well I mean also on, on on the social media end you have a lot of trash on social media that you're just like where'd you get I got this off Facebook and what yeah. source did you get that from? Where did Facebook get it from? And so it's somebody grandma yeah. who made a made a comment or a statement that somebody's rolling with mm -hmm. and that becomes the gospel. So yeah, yeah. There needs to be some checks and balances on social media as well. I think it's a way for people, everyday people, to leverage ideas and thoughts, um, and, and to be um to hold the mainstream media accountable. But you know, you gotta also be credible with the information that you're providing, you know, from social media. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, any last words? <laughs> I think we've touched on a lot of things, but any last words, and I guess, and not necessarily advice, but just anything you want people to know about, you know, this upcoming election, whether it be on a national scale, a local scale, or voting in general and exercising that right. Is there anything you want to, you know, get some last words in on that? Well, lastly, I would just say, you know, educate yourself on what you're voting on. You know, not just rely on the news outlets and, you know, what they're spewing out. Take the time to do your research, 
and really look at the local uh, elected officials, the local tax measures, the state tax, uh, not tax measures, the state, the state measures, so that you understand that these are the things that's going to have a direct impact on me, you know, immediately. And so uh, educate yourself on that. Find people who are understand those things. Talk to them. That way, when you go into the booth or you mail in your ballot, you have an understanding of what you're voting for and you can at least feel good about that. Hey, I made decisions based on the information I had. And I think to me, that's important um, to be educated on what you're voting for because I see a lot of people saying, just go vote, go vote, go vote. Well, make sure you understand what you're voting for <laughs> yeah. and why you're voting so you're not voting against your own interests. That's the key right there, voting. <laughs> Don't vote against your own interests. <laughs> yeah. Well. I think that's a wrap for another installment of No Strangers to the Game. Uh, gave you a lot of information and a lot of perspective and, and, and opinions on voting and you know the national and local elections and things like that. But like you said, take, the, take this information and do as you please. But thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. All right, that'll wrap up today's episode. Glad we could take a moment to put you up on game. We post a new podcast every Sunday morning. Now you know. Peace.